My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Once again, I'm in the studio here in Sao Paulo, and we have another amazing guest, Tina Bennett. And Tina is calling from Seattle, Washington. Tina, it's so great to have you here today. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing all right today. We've been planning to schedule this interview for a few days now. We, yeah. we scheduled it back a little bit. How are you feeling now? Are you feeling better? Oh, I'm great. Great, great. Yeah, the weather is great. You know, it's sunny out here. I've got enough energy. Everything is cool. Good. And how's the COVID situation? Are you guys getting out of the COVID, uh, going back to schools? And I uh, know. With Seattle, of course, we're still on a lockdown. If I'm not mistaken, we're still on like phase three. Everything is still lockdown. We're not fully open. Mm-hmm. But with me being a healthcare, you know, provider, we got the vaccine and, you know, at least I'm vaccinated. I'm well, thank mm-hmm. God for a lot of people that are scared. I'll say go for it. Uh, other than that, I would say the numbers are still about the same. Not so high because mm-hmm. people are uh, abiding by the rules so far. I mean, at least in the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. Well, Tina, again, it's great to have you here today. And today we're going to talk about your book. This glorious love, <laughs> three months of dating to a lifetime of happy marriage. I have a few questions Yay. prepared to talk with you about this. I'm interested in your personal testimony. First off, did you date for three months and then get married? Or is this just the, yeah. the title of the book? All uh-huh. right. Actually, surprise, surprise. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right. So I'm really interested to hear about that because that's not common. That's not something we normally see in, in today's society. It was really surprising, you know, first and foremost, I will say this, it was really surprising to myself as well, because um, I was never, oh, I was that kind of girl growing up and telling my friends, oh, how would you do this so fast too soon? Mm -hmm. But then in this situation, surprisingly, you know, it happened, you know, so fast and differently. And if I could put a word to it or what really was different about this, I really can't nail it. But to you know to explain the first forward thing it just so happened that at the time me and my husband met i think because i had been through a lot per se and mm-hmm. i got to a point where you know it, a year in before i met my husband i had decided to actually leave for me and just like forgive everybody trust in the lord and um i wasn't looking for anybody at the time you know i was just trying to live my life, enjoy everything myself, go out to dinners myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I was really pretty much trying to enjoy my own time. And a lot of friends would ask me because I had come out over a year prior to that. I had just come out of a, I would not say a shaky relationship, but it was not ideal either because um, I hate to say this, but I was one of those girls who was, uh, you know, involved with somebody who, um, who are saying they were getting ready to separate, mm-hmm. but never really separated. So when I left him, before I left him, I had, uh, I don't know what they call maybe the Holy Spirit. I'll say that because 
I had a gut feeling and intuition that always told me that you need to come out of this. You've been in this for so long. And for a while, I tried to brush it off. A while, I thought I was, you know, uh, overthinking it. And long story short, I eventually, it was the hardest breakup that I had to take. And uh, after that, I took a year's break, just praying and, you know, just leaving and forgiving myself because I realized then that regardless of how I was looking at it, it was not Christian-like. So I had to forgive myself. I prayed on it, and I let it go. Fast forward, uh, it was a friend's birthday party that I was very hesitant to go to. Um, And my sister were like, you need to come out, you need to start, you know, socializing again, blah, 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 blah. And my husband, at the time I was in Atlanta, and uh, my husband was on a medical conference. Would God register to vote as a Republican or a Democrat? Stephen Connolly is willing to risk millions on the answer. This is a proactive look at how religious voters can cut through the media, spin in the mess in the American politics to identify what the creator would really think. Readers will learn why it's a myth that God only cares about abortion and homosexuality when in fact he is aligned with one party on economics, foreign policy, race relations, and more. Find your book by searching The God Bet on Amazon today. few years ago, a young reader sat down in a coffee shop and began, well, writing. R.R. Noel's poem took social media by storm. Using a typewriter, Noel writes a poem each day for her readers, supporters, and fellow writers. Since 2016, R.R. Noel's work has been featured in numerous publications, including the HuffPost, BuzzFeed, 5280 Magazine, and she's published in three full-length poetry collections. To order her newest addition to the collection, At War With Stars, a book through self-discovery and seeking unanswered questions, visit rrnoall.com. He he lived uh, he lived in Washington at the time, so I had to move to Washington. So he's uh, he just so happened to be at the same venue, not the exact party. But, you know, we just happened to end up at the same venue afterwards, and it was almost time for us to go. We're about to leave towards the end of the party, and he walked up to me out of nowhere, and I'll tell you this. The first thing my husband asked me that day, I made it all the loud noise and everything. Besides my name, he asked me if I was a Christian. Hmm. And I found it really odd for somebody to ask me that question at the party. But, you know, I was like, okay, this guy does not even know me. And here we are. He's just asking if I'm a Christian, right? So obviously it mattered to him. I don't know if he was thinking about it or that's what he was looking for. But that was actually, besides my name, that was the first question really that he got to know about me. I was like, of course I'm a Christian. And uh, long story short, you know, he was leaving that night actually to the next morning, about one o'clock, to get on a flight back to Washington. It was the night we met, and I uh, came back to Washington, and uh, you know, we started talking for a while. We met about in a uh, end August. We started talking. Of course, came down to Washington around my birthday in October, and he gave me a promise bracelet and said, "This is this." And you know, of course, we read the book not to give away for the book, you know, from the book, but. 
We talked about it, gave me a promise bracelet, said I'm not going to let you down, da, da, da. And long story short, a lot is in the book. And come December, we were engaged. And I mean, you know, it just happened. Everything just happened so fast without me really. I'm an overthinker. But surprisingly, this time I trusted the Lord and everything just happened. Three months later, February the 14th, we were married. And moving forward from that moment, how did that change your life a little bit? How did that moving to the other city and... Yeah, actually, that was the biggest, biggest uh, change in my life. Everybody that knows me, I am really, really close to my family. So, and everybody that knows me really was really shocked at the fact that here I am, you know, come December, I'm telling them, hey, guess what? Guess who's engaged? Somebody who was preaching the take your time, somebody who used to preach the be very independent, somebody, and I'm not saying there's anything against that, but I think what I was doing, I was overthinking the other things that our human selves, you know, put before marriage. And I did not look at love as the soul. Um, you know, it's like looking at God and then you look at yourself and everything falls in play. But I was always looking at, at the superficial things first. That I was like, if I had safety in the marriage regarding the finances, regarding the homes, if I have a safety in the job, I always knew that, you know, that's what made a marriage. Everything else will work out because, you know, here I am, an independent woman. You know, I graduated, I have my two degrees, and I'm thinking, what more can a man add to me? And I always thought, you know, if you can't match up to me, then it's no point, you know? So, and maybe because that's what my father initially had always, always told us, that if a man can't give you more than what I offer you, then it's no point. So I had that at the back of my mind. You know, I was raised in an African family. But anyway, long story short, to your question, when I moved, it was really hard. We had to go to, uh, well, to make that decision first and foremost. I left most of my family in Atlanta. And I used everything I did was around my family. So I came out here to Washington, Seattle. And here I am. I don't have any friends aside from him. I don't know anybody. And I just took a leap of faith. So we had a, a small, you know, wedding. We had a friend who, you know, his friend, he's an ordained minister who joined us. And, you know, 14th, we went to Africa to see my grandparents because it's very important to me to meet, you know, my grandmother is very important for those that will read the book. And coming back, it was really tough because now here I am. I had to decide on where I'm going to work, you know, how to get about the city or network. And it was, I'll say I had to rely on him a lot. I had to trust him as the man that God had chosen for me, regardless of anything. I'll not say it was perfect. And that's why I really had to write the book, because here we are two different individuals for the most part. He's more really of an introvert than I am. And I was such an extrovert. He loves to really work. And he has a routine of how he does things. Wakes up in the morning, goes to the gym, you know, from the gym, you know, prays. And he has his own way of doing things. And he had come in. I'm like, okay, maybe if we break a few rules, it will not hurt. And it was quite a challenge considering how I was doing things and how he was doing his things. But somewhere, somehow, we managed to make it. 
and uh, you know, the first year, and we came up to different uh, ways on how we really want to move forward. In the long run, it was if you have the same goal, you can really make it work. Yeah. But it's not perfect, you know. Nothing mm-hmm. is perfect. We put God first, and then our love. We had to have God lead us in everything we do. Yeah. And Tina, how long have you guys been married now? We've been we're coming to two years now. I know it's quick to say, but I, you know, I had to really. The first year was really a challenge, considering it was three months in, and then our first year was all about okay, how do we do this? You know. So, learning how to live with I, someone else, right? Oh, yes. A learning how <laughs> I had never in my entire life lived with anybody, you know, in terms of, and a lot of people with the different cultures, people do it. Here it's common, but me coming from an African country, you know, I mean, African culture, it's really not common. So it's one of the other, you're either married or you're not. You're not going to, you know, date and think you're comfortable and your parents are going to be like oh yeah i like the fact that you have a boyfriend no it's not about that it's about your boyfriend is either your husband or he's not your husband so it was really tough for you know me leaving that i can relate Mm -hmm. with you a lot a lot maybe more than a lot of other people can because my wife is brazilian and i am american oh yeah and we come from different cultures and we've almost been married one year here in a few weeks yeah and so very similar, you know, learning how to live together from different cultures. And it is interesting. Just a few weeks ago, we had a conversation during Christmas about Santa. Uh-huh. And in the American culture, Santa Claus is a huge part. Of course, it's about Jesus. Right. But the thing that here in Brazil, only the non-Christians, the non-believers, they celebrate Christmas with Santa. And so that was a huge difference in our culture where wow. I'm like, no, this is not wrong. This is not a sin. And she's like, well, I think it is. And <laughs> Like you say, it's either your wife and your husband or not. And so we had to find a common ground and yeah. live from different cultures and bring it together. So I understand what you're saying, Tina. Wow, I can't imagine. Definitely. It's really, you know, it can be, <laughs> the cultures are really actually very challenging, you know. But yeah. with times mm-hmm. like you coming from a different culture, if you're willing to learn, I think that's the number one thing we had to come to terms with. It's not about at the end of the day, you're not marrying the whole culture. However, you're marrying into the culture as well. So you got to look at what is it that, I mean, if it doesn't break you, you know what I'm saying? Am I flexible enough to say, okay, if I let, I, like I always say, people who know my husband and he hates it when I call him, he's really OCD, right? And I call him, so he can be such a clean freak that sometimes it can be very annoying. And in the beginning, I'm not going to lie, we had a few misunderstandings over that. You know, he would see a speck over somewhere, and I've just cleaned, and a little speck is left there. And for whatever reason, he would come behind. And now can you imagine? And that would cause a big whole, you know, issue. And after a while, I had to think about it in a more positive way and be thankful that, I don't have to clean up to him, you know, and I had to look at it as a blessing and and not a curse. So, and he also noticed that, oh, she's not really complaining. So maybe I don't need to be doing this right in front of her or maybe appreciate the fact that, you know, she's just not like me, that this is how, you know, we just want things done different. And so we gauged, okay, so now you're the one going to be cleaning that part. I'll clean this part because I do it better and, you know, we had to get to the times and the time where I was like, he's just OCD. It's not going to break you. You can live with it. 
you know, would you rather the opposite or so it's stuff like that. And now in your case, you got to think about, of course, especially when you're going to have children in the future, if not yet, you know, you're going to think about is Santa, you know, of course, when you grow up, you realize, okay, Santa is not real. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> no, not for our <laughs> listeners. Don't say. <laughs> <laughs> so then you look at it like, is it really important mm-hmm. to really have Santa in the house or not? Yeah. You know, so are the kids, it's just a matter of from the very ground, you're going to explain that, hey, you want the kids to have the experience of opening the gift, if that is. But what happens in Africa, we don't do that either. You know, we don't even think about not a scene or not, but we just don't do the gifts. Not many people are privileged to do that, you know. So it's a matter of, okay, Santa going to be around in our marriage to make this work forever? No, eventually the kids will realize Santa is false. Yep. Yep. So, so it cares? just comes to a place of, <laughs> you know, is it worth upsetting my wife? Is it worth not being united in my marriage for me to hold that Correct. point of my culture? Yeah. No, it's not. Not at all. Not at all. It's more about being united with my wife. And so that's a compromise yeah. I made, of course. And she's made those along the way too. So yeah. Thank you, that's Tina. Good. I have a few questions oh, no for our listeners sure. um, that mm-hmm. they might be interested in knowing. So if a person mm-hmm. is dating, how long should they wait to get married? What's like a, some advice you would say with that? Um, I will say this, <laughs> and I know this was, you know, like, you know, quote unquote, like, like people to say devil's advocate, but not really devil's advocate. I will mm-hmm. say Jesus is advocate, you know, for a Christian thing, but, you know, so I would say this, the, the length on how long people need to date depends on how prepared you are as an individual. I, for one, don't think that that should really, because if you're not ready as an individual, then you should not put time to it. Are you yourself prepared? Because I look at it this way. Every time you have to be prepared for it. If you are prepared, if you're planning on doing it at some point in life, then I think you need to start living like you are already married, if it makes any sense. Because you never know when you're going to meet too much. Everything else to me, um, marriage is, in my opinion, if we want to look at it like in a modern world, if you're still dating, trying to get to know more about each other, you can still get to know more about each other while you're married, right? And we're all different people. However, you have to really work on yourself to know that you can accommodate somebody else in your life. Whether it's two dates, I mean, there are people who date 10 years, and after 10 years get married, within months they break up. Now, what, and then there are people like us who date, you know, three months in and, you know, hope that we make it from the white goal because the way I look at it from the very start, we're very intentional. You see what I'm saying? So that makes the difference on how long you have to date. I believe you yourself, you have to be prepared to know that you ask yourself that question that, yes, I want to be married one day. Yes, in a period of time. I give myself, say, for those that are like, I want to be married by 30-something or 40-something. I don't think it has a time. But ask yourself, in this time today, I'm looking for a husband or am I looking for, I'm looking for a wife. Are you an eligible wife? You know, right now, are you going to be the, you know, I don't know, you know, it depends on what kind of wife are you looking for. Are you acting to be 
are you, you know, practicing to be that husband for that wife that you're looking for today? Or are you as well? Because we put all these lines of qualities we're looking for in our mate, but then we forget. We forget that we're not behaving, you know, just like the mate that we're looking for. So in other words, we may end up attracting the wrong people. So to your question, to me, honestly, if you are ready and you pray on it, it really doesn't give a time. I dated somebody seven years and it was really hard for me to marry them because, again, I was so much worried about, oh, he was at a very different financial standard than I was. But that's because I had my own past issues that I could not get married. I was afraid because my parents initially did not make it. My dad was so wealthy and my mom wasn't. When they broke up, my mom had to start from zero. So I was worried of that, you know? And it kept me from getting married. But then I met this person when I was clean and ready for that person, whenever it happened, even if I was not looking, and it just happened. So I really can't put a time because people did 10 years they still break up after and people marry a week, but because you're intentional and you put God first and you pray on it every single day, you're going to work towards keeping a marriage and not taking it for granted. I think that's what I should say for us in our situation from the very start, we said, Hey, this is what we want. And we're both going to make it work and work on each other and individually to know that marriage is what we really want. I heard a quote a while back that says, are you the person the person you are looking for is looking for? And I think that perfectly sums up what you're saying. Are you the mm-hmm. person the person you are looking for is looking for? Don't say you're looking for somebody. Yeah, you know, don't say, oh, I'm a God-fearing person, but I'm going to get somebody who's not really God-fearing and mm-hmm. make them love God. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You're going to, that's not going to work because, And I know, give them time. If you're willing to live with them and let them go through their journey and later learn from you how to love God, that's perfect. However, don't get with this person thinking that you're going to force them to be you. It's not going to happen. They will pretend to do that, and they will not be, you know, in the long run, it's going to get old because that's not who they were in the first place. Yeah. What I would add to what you said for our listeners is, for men, are you a person worth helping? Because the woman is the helper, in my opinion, of, exactly. of what the Bible says. The woman's mm-hmm. the helper. Are you worth helping? And for a woman, are you a woman worth leading? Because the husband is supposed to lead the wife. And so oh, that's yeah. my thing. Is, you said it right. Are you worth you leading? Just are you worth helping? Exactly. I love that. I really love that. That's actually something to think about. I never looked at it like that. You know, I always wanted a man to lead, but now that you said that, I think that's really, really nice way to look at it. And I have another question for you. What steps can I take today to prepare to be happily married, whether I'm single, dating, or even engaged right now? If you are single, number one, I would say, uh, get rid of all your baggage. By baggage, I mean, if you're not, you know, we all have our own personal issues. But if you know you're still dealing with, you know, some people are like the, I'm still dealing with this ex, I'm dealing with that ex, I'm dealing with this, you know, that, I think that whole confusion. In fact, let me take that back. You have to be ready. 
right? And know, okay, I'm ready for marriage. And then for me, the other step is, you you know, in order to prepare, you have to know that you don't have a whole lot of stuff that you're bringing into your marriage. If today somebody proposed to you, how would your life be? You know, you got to look at your own self and consider, like you said, is, are you willing to be submissive enough to let somebody else lead? Or are you willing to trust mm. somebody else with your life, you know, aside from God? Because now it's not going to be just your life. You know, you have to learn to trust and let go of your past traumas. Very important, learn to forgive. Yes. If you have a lot of things that you have not forgiven of in the past, be it with family or friends, and you have a lot of triggers based on that, I would say learn to forgive those people first because it will be easier for you in the marriage because marriage is not easy. It's not perfect. You know, we are individuals first. And so every so often we're going to make mistakes or here and there, but it's very easy when you learn to forgive yourself and everything in the past to let go. It's okay. We all make mistakes. Don't sit back and dwell on, oh, this is me. This is what happened. I'm not lucky. I'm not da-da-da-da. You know, there are some people who live around the negative energy. You have to learn to see the good in everything that happens to you. You know, for every challenge, there's a good thing that may come out of it, you know. So it's not easy. But if you start to look at life in a more positive way, you know, maybe more good things will start coming to you. But when you get that person, it will be so easy to deal with other people, you know, and learn to love. <laughs> I mean, love other folks, you know. Don't sit there and just drill. It's not easy to do it. But I would say... You know, when you forgive, you're going to love not just yourself, but even other people around you, you know, and try to be more aware of other people's feelings. Uh, in other words, I'm saying when just because somebody reacts or when somebody's quiet over there does not mean that they're upset at you. Stop with the assumptions. <laughs> I mean, all the stuff I say, you have to work individually before you meet somebody. And, of course, then we go to you have to love God first, which is number one, too, you know, because at the end of the day, it's God who's going to lead you. And to me, that was very important. And I just, I will not say love, but I'll say you this somehow meeting a man that is there, you know, help me. And don't settle, you know, don't think about changing anybody because I have this 90, 10, 90, 10% rule for me, I have to really, really like at least 90% about this person. It's not easy. We all different in a way. But that 10% I have to be able to live with and understand that, okay, this is okay. It happens. This is who we are. We can never be the same, you know. And this person has to support you. But are you supporting others before you bring somebody else in your life? You know, and are you prepared enough to say all these other things? Yeah, finances do matter. You're going to take care of a whole family for a man. And a woman, you're going to be a backbone and vice versa, you know. But just because a woman, you're financially independent and you're highly and all that, just remember that when you get a man, you're going to have to let him lead. It takes two people, you know. So all these things you have to remember for the man that you're going to be in a very, very, you know, high position.
position to actually lead this family. And, you know, all eyes on you. So if you're not leading yourself right, are you able to take care of somebody else? And the women too, are you willing, you know, to be that woman? Like you said, the helper and do what you have to do. And, you know, my grandmother always says, this is funny. I remember when I took my husband home the first time, she told me, honey, I'm going to tell you this. Men will always make mistakes, but always remember they don't mean it. (laughs) Because she said, just from the word go, don't up and go, you know. Because sometimes some men are like, you know, they could be like children, but it could be the same with women. You know, you have to understand each other's most emotions and, you know, get self-help books, get therapy, find a hobby, all these things. Because, you know, you have to be, remember, it's not going to be just your life. It's going to be somebody else. So it's a lot that you really have to do. You know, prepare yourself, be ready for it. You know, live like you're already married. In other words, to be ready for, you know, marriage. It's great. Tina, where can we find this book, This Glorious Love? Where can we find it at? Uh, right now, my book is only available on Amazon, both uh, paperback and uh, Kindle. It can be downloaded on Apple and, you know, all iPhones and Androids. Right now, it's only available on uh, Amazon. I just uh, published it and released it on uh, December the 22nd. Okay, so actually one month ago from today. Yes! Yay, <laughs> Congratulations. actually. Oh, thank you. Great. As a matter of fact, this book really, to me, I've always wanted to write something, and I've been writing all my life. Well, not all my life, not since I was born, but not since I learned how to actually write. And um, I was someone who was so used to writing my emotions down, not per se with, uh, you know, journals and stuff I would write. That's the best way I used to express myself before. But with time, you know, I would write, get rid of it, write, get rid of it. But this time, uh, it's crazy because once I got into this relationship, my marriage now, everything just flowed. You know, I did not have a hard time writing it. And I really was not writing it even for the prophets. It was just to share what has really helped us, some of the things that we had to do, you know, to live through our, especially our first year in marriage. You know, it was whether people are married for a long haul or people who are planning on getting married. And, you know, the ones who are still in relationships and are a roller coaster, maybe they can try. I'm not a therapist at all, and I'm far from it. But, you know, I would... uh, We really wanted to share what has helped us and what is still helping us. And hopefully, you know, maybe some other people can learn from just like we are also learning from other people who have been in it for a long haul. Well, again, Mm -hmm. Tina, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Oh, no problem. Just a reminder again, the link is in the description. You guys can get this book, This Glorious Love on Amazon. And Tina, if I can have you (laughs) in the podcast with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Oh, say that again. If I can have you in the podcast with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Okay. 
Father God, I thank you for this moment that, uh, that you have put together, not just for me, but for the people as well who are behind this podcast hearing me and dollars together. Lord, you know how long this has been a dream of mine, and nothing brings me more joy than knowing that I have to share this dream with the rest of the people. Lord, nothing matters than this world, especially at this time and a moment, than the love that you have shown, Father God. It is our goal that we learn to spread the love, Lord. Bless all the families. Bless everybody that's here in this. Let there be more love, Lord, in this in everybody's family and everybody that's listening to us at this moment. Bless Dallas as well in his new marriage with his wife, Lord Father God. Let there be blessings and blessings because without them, Lord, this would not be possible. Uh, continue to bless our world. We thank you for the blessings in the year that has we just started. Everybody else as we pray, bless this in your mighty holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.